Everybody, what is going on? It's your boy, Crypto Bobby. I hope you are having a great day, great night, wherever you're watching or listening in from. And today, wanted to pop in for uh, Crypto Happy Hour, we might call it, uh, or just let's sit back and watch Facebook get somewhat grilled a little bit by the US government. And uh, you know, this has been an interesting few days, just kind of watching this all pan out and develop in real time. So I wanted to pop in here, bring up the stream, as well as add in a little bit of commentary as we continue to watch this stuff unfold. I don't believe it has started yet, should be starting here in the near future. So as that does, we'll watch that, kind of commentate on it and continue to uh, just see where things are going from, from Facebook's end with Libra, the kind of mixed in commentary that we see with Bitcoin and uh, a number of other components. I think it should be pretty interesting to watch this one pan out. What's up, Chefs J Reef? Uh, shout out to everybody tuning in on uh, YouTube right now on Periscope and on Twitch. So we're streaming on all three. And like I said, waiting for the Committee on Financial Services for their examination of Facebook's proposed cryptocurrency. So this will be this will be a good one. I think it'll be interesting and and really excited to hear your thoughts and feedback. Uh, watching this yesterday was was interesting. Um, I mean, my initial thoughts on on a lot of this for me personally. So we'll get into it before we'll get into this a little bit before kind of Facebook starts the process and we start to see this live stream from the government kickoff. But my initial thoughts on this kind of off the top is you know, what, what Facebook is proposing to do isn't that necessarily interesting to me. Um, I do think that they are somebody that you know, has the capacity to actually deal with, with the government on a consistent basis. But what I do think is, is really interesting about all this is how it's kind of re-bringing back Bitcoin and cryptocurrency into the forefront of the conversation. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch how that Kind of continues to develop because I do think that Bitcoin was was kind of in the background for a while, and now you have you know, sitting members of of Congress and the Senate that are talking about Bitcoin, and some are incredibly well versed on Bitcoin, and some are are not so much at all. Some really have have no idea what they're talking about, and others. Uh, there was a there was a video today on CNBC where I forget exactly who it was, but there's video today on CNBC where. Uh, there was a member of the government that spoke pretty eloquently about Bitcoin and how it is different than than Libra. So I do think that when you're looking at how all this pans out is is the one thing that for I think the people that are really interested in Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrency as a whole is you want to make sure that people understand there is a clear difference, a clear delineation between Bitcoin and between what Libra is proposing to do. And it does seem like anybody with um, who's who's tried to do any level of research within the United States government has understood that from the top. So that's been that's been great to see. And since it's uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, uh, even though it's quote unquote happy hour, coffee hour, whatever, I, you got to go bougie with a LaCroix. Why not? Right. Although if you're in Europe and you're already drinking, hey, tell me. 
Yeah, and, and uh, Junie said this, and that's what I talked about a little bit on Twitter previously, was you know, the congressman said the interesting part about Bitcoin is, is Bitcoin can't be killed, but you have these other networks out there that are in the position at this point in time where they're saying, hey, you know, we're going to be decentralized. But the problem with the launch of these networks is they're launching in a centralized way at first, and that paints a massive target on the back of these these networks and it makes it really difficult to replicate where bitcoin is at this stage in the game because becoming quote unquote sufficiently decentralized is i think a really difficult thing for a lot of individuals to do and when you think about how bitcoin started you know the reason bitcoin is is sufficiently decentralized in my mind is because when bitcoin started there was no economic value there was not a ton of belief it was a very organic process when networks are starting now they're starting with you know, hundreds of millions or you know, tens tens of millions to hundreds of millions to billions of dollars of potential investment from you know venture capital firms from uh from large institutions whatever it might be that is obviously inherently centralized from the top so the way bitcoin started was completely really decentralized because the only people that were utilizing it were individuals that just kind of thought hey maybe this thing's cool and, and at some point in time it might have some value And there's there's obviously a number of different things that we can look at, and I'm not exactly sure when uh, when the government it's supposed to be at 10 a.m. Uh, when they're going to kick things off. But we have this beautiful slide deck um, that looks like it's. I mean, we got some we got some sick graphic designers in the U.S. government here. <laughs> but I think you know when when you look at that, uh, a lot of people do uh, point to okay, Bitcoin can't be killed, but what you can do obviously is is clamp down on the on and off ramps, and that's something that Junior also mentioned is that is the counterpoint there. And to that point, though, you know, Bitcoin as a whole in the United States from an on and off ramp perspective is also is already highly regulated. When people say Bitcoin is not regulated and, and they're specifically members of the U.S., you know, members of the U.S. government or people like that, I think that's a you know total like charade and just you know lack of education or they just don't want to be educated on it. Because if you try to buy Bitcoin in the United States right now and a lot of other places as well, if you try to buy Bitcoin in a variety of other places right now let's see if this is actually the right thing try and buy bitcoin in a variety of other places right now then the way that will i mean the way that's going to happen is you're going to have to go through basically a kyc entity it's going to be difficult to do so you're going to have to comply with regulations you know it's not just like you walk into the shop to give them 100 bucks and say oh i'm on my merry way uh you know there's there's a lot of regulations that are already drawn out for that so the while the utilization of Bitcoin, once you do have Bitcoin, is always, you know, for the most part, unless you're like a blacklisted address or something like that, for the most part, uh, you know, it is highly decentralized. It's, it's free. It's open. On the other end of the spectrum, though, the on and off ramps, regardless of if you're in the United States or any other government out there or any other jurisdiction out there, the on and the off ramps are always the place right now where other individuals, you know, governments, foreign entities, whoever, they have the most control. That is where that they can kind of apply that pressure and and make individuals do what they want to do.
And that is, it's something too that somebody mentioned as well. I thought it was a funny tweet uh, the other day, yesterday, where, uh, and, and Junie mentions this, the way Congress is getting scared about just a white paper speaking volumes about their confidence in the in the fiat dollar. I do think a couple of different points. Number one, it is pretty incredible how much of a uh, production this is off the top. And you know, I'll, I'll take it. We're we're hanging out here. We're talking a little bit about how things are moving. So it is incredible how much of a, of a production is basically happening because Facebook released a white paper. Number one, I don't believe that this is as much of a, and I've said this before, but I don't think this is much of a cryptocurrency thing is as it is, oh my God, Facebook has the potential to, Facebook has the potential to kind of circumvent the the fiat system and create their own, uh, you know, kind of create their own thing. And I also do think that the government as a whole going after Facebook, it's somebody was joking around saying it's going to be the first bipartisan effort in the U.S. government for, for a while because you have both Democrats who hate Facebook and you have Republicans who hate Facebook and they're both kind of, you know, attacking them. I do think it's kind of like a virtue signaling thing that it's, it's the cool thing now to do is, is, you know, we hate Facebook and Facebook uh, privacy is bad and this, that, and the other thing. And, and that may be right that, that, you know, there's certainly elements to that in which that, uh, that could be correct. But on the other end, um, I do think a lot of people are just kind of ganging up on the, on Facebook because it's, it's an, it's an exposure thing for them. It's, you know, I am the big bad Congress person that went after Facebook and I said mean things to them and and they were helpless to defend themselves whereas Facebook's just probably going to shrug it off and do whatever they want to do anyway. Holy shit. It looks like um I'm trying to see here if we have Oh, okay. So shout out to we'll pull it up on up on Fox, I guess, is the one that has it. So, hey, we'll go over there. Classic government that streams not working. <laughs> Big shout out to the Crypto Bobby fans because I think we had as many, if not more, people watching on here than we did on, on than Fox did. So, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> So I'll, I'll probably interject a little bit as we go on. I don't want to, I don't want to talk through this entire thing because I think that would obviously be, it's, you want to hear this stuff, but I'll, I'll interject a little bit just as far as kind of my thoughts on, on where they're going, what they're shooting for, what the overall process of the, you know, what the overall process of everything is. If you're watching this right now on YouTube, they'll make sure to hit that thumbs up button, hit that like button, helps to get the video out, spread it out to as many people as possible. Um, and shout out to everybody watching on Twitch and on Periscope here too. Get the grill and start it, guys. Come on, it's kind of schedule we're running. We running on here. Eleven minutes late. Sad. Real, real sad.
And as you guys are, are kind of filtering in on YouTube and everything like that, make sure to make sure to just let me know your thoughts on what you think will actually happen within this hearing. Do you think this is going to be something that is um, very critical of, of Facebook? Do you think they're going to do well? Um, are you rooting for Facebook? Do you not want Facebook to do well? We'd love to just hear your thoughts continually uh, monitoring the chat, obviously, as we go here. Shout out to Rec Podcast. I will eventually do an interview. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm the worst. And so guys, so I'll pull this up too. So if you're not. If you're not familiar, one of the main individuals of this, uh, basically of this hearing is David Marcus, who was formerly the president of PayPal and then went on to be the VP of messaging products at Facebook, led Facebook Messenger for a long time. And then in 2017, uh, I believe it was kind of in, in 2018. Order. Jeez, don't interrupt me. The chair is authorized to declare a recess of the committee at any time. This hearing is entitled Examining Facebook's Proposed Cryptocurrency and its Impact on Consumers, Investors, the will come to and order. the American Financial System. I Without now recognize myself for five minutes to, to give an opening. Libra and digital wallet Calibra and their impacts on consumers, investors, and the financial system. Our first witness is David Marcus, Calibra's CEO. Following his testimony, a panel of experts will share their views on Facebook's plans. I have serious concerns with Facebook's plans to create a digital currency and digital wallet and its efforts to enlist partners that expand its reach like MasterCard, PayPal, Visa, Uber, Lyft, and Spotify. Facebook is apparently trying to create a new global financial system that is intended to rival the U.S. dollar. <laughs> this venture is slated oh. to be based in Switzerland. So scared. It has a history of a monetary haven for criminals and shady corporations. Facebook's plans raise serious privacy, trading, national security, and monetary policy concerns not only for Facebook's over 2 billion users who will have immediate access to these products, but also for consumers, investors, and the global economy. In addition, Facebook has proposed back in Libra tokens with government currencies and government guaranteed securities and holding them in a so-called Libra reserve to be governed by Facebook and its partners. Ownership of government assets on such a massive scale without proper oversight threatens to concentrate government influence in the hands of a few elites. Ultimately, if Facebook's plans come to fruition, the company and its partners will yield immense economic power that, would that could destabilize currency, wow. currencies and governments. Facebook's proposed entry 
into financial services is all the more troubling because it has already harmed vast numbers of people on a scale similar to Wells Fargo and demonstrated a pattern of failing to keep consumer data private on a scale similar to Equifax. Facebook remains under a 2011 consent order from the Federal Trade Commission for deceiving consumers and failing to keep consumer data private. In the wake of the Cambridge Analytical scandal, in which Facebook provided 50 million users private data to a political consultant firm, the company will reportedly pay a record $5 billion fine to the FTC for data privacy failures. In addition, Facebook has allegedly insecurely stored user passwords dating back to 2012, paid unsuspecting teenagers to download spyware, Ooh, experienced spyware. a hack of nearly 50 million accounts, and experienced a software bug that granted third-party access to 6.8 million users' photos. It has also been sued by HUD and civil rights groups for violations of the Fair Housing Act in what amounts to modern-day redlining. Facebook also allowed malicious Russian state actors to purchase and target ads in a campaign to influence the 2016 election. I'm also concerned about the lack of diversity in Facebook's upper ranks and fear that if these plans go forward, women and minority and women and minority-owned businesses may be excluded from and participating fully. In light of these and other concerns, my colleagues and I wrote to Facebook earlier this month to call on it to cease implementation of its plans until regulators and Congress can examine the issues associated with a large technology company developing a digital currency and take action. The independent community bankers of America and others, others support this common sense step. Facebook's plans also raise larger concerns about big tech's expansion into financial services as it appears to inappropriately mix commerce and banking activities. So when can you mix commerce and banking activities? What? Keep big Tech <laughs> Out of Finance Act, which would prevent large platform utilities like Facebook from becoming financial institutions and block them from creating their own currencies. Today's hearing is only the first step in our oversight and legislative process. I look forward to hearing from our witnesses. The chair now recognizes the ranking member of the committee, the gentleman from North Carolina, Mr. McHenry, for five minutes for an opening statement. We're here to go beyond the headlines. We're here to sift through the speculation and the hearsay. Here's just one of my favorite headlines, which asks, is Facebook forming a crypto mafia as Libra Foundation members boost each other's businesses? Washington must go beyond the hype and ensure that it's not the place where innovation goes to die. Just because we may not fully understand a new technology proposal, proposal does not mean we should immediately call for its prohibition, especially when that proposal is just that, a proposal. But let's face it, let's be honest, it's Facebook. And I'm skeptical, but we can either make you a political talking point or we can choose to conduct thoughtful governmental oversight.
guy seems That's reasonable, That's my hope actually. for this day, is it's thoughtful government oversight. The reality is, whether Facebook is involved or not, change is here. Digital currencies exist. Blockchain technology is real. And Facebook's entry in this new world is just confirmation, yep. albeit at scale. The world that Satoshi Nakamoto, author of the Bitcoin white paper, envisioned, and others are building, is an unstoppable force. We should not attempt to deter this innovation. Because and governments cannot stop this innovation. And those that have tried have already failed. So the question then becomes, what are American policymakers going to do to meet the challenges and the opportunities of this new world of innovation. Some politicians want us to live in a permission-based society where you need to come to government, ask for its blessing before you can begin to even think about- I, I love this innovating. guy so much. I love him. Those are those are the politicians that would rather kill it before it grows. But there are others who believe in the vibrancy of American ingenuity, American innovation that recognizes our economy is built off of generations of entrepreneurs and innovators through competition, through testing, through tinkering, through iterating, got us here today. To be clear, it's not about advocating for a break it and figure it out later approach, but when it comes to finances, we must ensure that consumers and investors are protected. So, Mr. Marcus, let's get to work. Let's have that conversation. Let's answer those questions. Instead of a knee-jerk reaction of banning something before it begins, my Republican colleagues and I want to first try and understand it. And in turn, based off what we learned, determine whether or not our current regulatory framework meets the demands of this new technology. That's why we're here today. Look, I don't have a crystal ball. I have no idea if liberal will lead to greater financial inclusion lower remittance costs, which have the opportunity and would mean families could send money to each other uh, more cheaply and e easily than today, or if it's just a ploy to shoot Facebook's Twitter mentions through the roof. We'll see. <laughs> but what I do know is this. Republicans stand ready to work with innovators to successfully implement responsible technology here in the United States, here domestically, before we lose out to other countries around the world. So I ask my colleagues on both sides of the aisle to join together in supporting innovation, ingenuity, and the entrepreneurial spirit that this nation was founded upon. I'm grateful for this hearing. I called on uh, Chairman Waters to uh, have this hearing a month ago, and this is a bipartisan approach to oversight. And with that, I'd like to yield the balance of my time to Mr. Hill. I thank the ranking member. This time we're hearing touches on critical areas of jurisdiction within our committee. That was Patrick Fintech McHenry innovation. from North Oversight Carolina, for anybody interested. To the use of and trading of cryptocurrencies in the intersections of financial services and big data. We therefore must ensure that we're asking thoughtful questions as we learn about and analyze these rapidly emerging trends. As a former community banker, I understand the importance with appropriate regulation and balance to benefit American consumers. And as lawmakers, we all need to ensure that all the companies that operate here in America with American consumers are in full compliance of those laws. 
America is evolving into a digital era, and we need to make sure that we're asking the right questions. I urge my colleagues to do that, but always trust but verify. Yield back. You just dropped the... <laughs> Today we it? have two panels. I want to welcome our first witness, Mr. David Marcus, Chief Executive Officer of Calibra. David Marcus has been CEO of Calibra for the last two months and also identifies himself as working for Facebook. Prior to Calibra, Mr. Marcus explored block grant, blockchain and served as Vice President for Messaging Products for Facebook. He has also served as President of PayPal and other tech companies. Mr. Marcus, without objection, your written statement will be made part of the record. You will have five minutes to summarize your testimony. When you have one minute remaining, a yellow light will appear. At that time, I would ask you to wrap up your testimony so we can be respectful of both the committee's members' time and others. Mr. Marcus, you are now recognized for five minutes to present your oral testimony. Thank you, Chairwoman. Uh, Chairwoman Waters, Ranking Member McHenry, and members of the committee, thank you for the opportunity to appear before you today. My name is David Marcus, and I'm the head of Calibra at Facebook. For most of my life, I've been an entrepreneur building products aimed at improving people's lives. For many years, my focus has been financial services. I became PayPal's president after it acquired my last startup, and I moved to Facebook about five years ago to run Messenger and more recently to lead our blockchain efforts. In my written testimony, I described the mechanics of Libra. Today, I want to explain why I'm optimistic about what Libra can offer the world. But before I get there, I want to make clear that we recognize we are only at the beginning of this journey. Federal Reserve Chairman Powell has said publicly that the process for launching Libra needs to be patient and thorough, rather than a sprint to implementation. Secretary Mnuchin reinforced those views at his recent press conference. We strongly agree with both of them. We will take the time to get this right. We expect the review of Libra to be among the most extensive ever. We are fully committed to working with regulators here and around the world. Chairwoman Waters, speaking on behalf of Facebook, I pledged to you, I pledged to you that Facebook will not offer the Libra digital currency until we have fully addressed regulators' concerns and received appropriate approvals. I'd like to start by sharing the vision for Libra. Libra is intended to address an important problem. Imagine a daughter who wants to send money home to her mom in another country. Of the $200 she sends, $14 on average will be lost because of fees. It can also take several days or even a week for the mother to receive the money, a delay that can prove disastrous in an emergency. Not to mention, lines may be long and collection points may be in high crime areas. But it doesn't have to be that way. Wouldn't it be easier and safer if people could securely and inexpensively receive money transfers through their smartphones just like they do for so many other things today? That's what Libra is about, developing a safe, secure, and low-cost way for people to efficiently move money around the Facebook's world. Facebook's really going after their to remittance realize Libra's route. Libra's promise, Facebook and 27 other organizations have founded the Independent Libra Association. These include companies in the payments, technology, telecommunications, blockchain, and venture capital industries, and nonprofits like Women's World Banking, who is here today, along with staff from the Libra Association. The Libra Association will govern the Libra blockchain network and administer the Libra Reserve. It will establish the rules of the road and will prioritize privacy and consumer protection. 
and it will implement safeguards that require service providers in the Libra network to fight money laundering, terrorism financing, and other financial crimes. We expect these safeguards will at least meet, if not exceed, existing standards and improve the integrity of the global financial system. When fully formed, we expect the Libra Association to include 100 diverse members. Facebook will only have one vote and will not be in a position to control the association. Nor will Facebook or the Libra Association position themselves to compete with sovereign currency or interfere with monetary policy. In fact, the association will work with the Federal Reserve and other central banks to minimize the risk of any competition with their currencies or interference with their monetary policy. These are areas properly the province of central banks. Finally, I would like to turn to Facebook's role in realizing the potential of Libra. To facilitate Libra's use, Facebook has established a subsidiary known as Calibra that will offer one of many digital wallets on the Libra network. Using the Calibra wallet, consumers will be able to save, yeah, it's same spend, species yesterday, and send Libra right, now. right from their smartphones. If this is successful, Facebook will benefit from more commerce across the family uh, of apps that it operates. Calibra will be affordable and accessible and also be safe and secure with strong safeguards to protect users' accounts and information. We expect that the Calibra wallet will be governed by rules administered or enforced by FinCEN, OFAC, and the FTC. It will also be regulated by state financial regulators. Calibra is committed to protecting the privacy of its customers. The Calibra wallet will not share individual customer data with the Libra Association or even with Facebook, except for limited circumstances such as preventing fraud or criminal activity and complying with the law. I'm excited about the potential that Libra and Calibra hold. And I am proud that we have initiated this effort here in the United States. I believe that if America doesn't lead innovation in digital currency and payments, others will. If our country fails to act, we could soon see a digital currency controlled by others whose values are dramatically different from ours. I believe that Libra can drive positive change for many people and can provide an opportunity for leadership consistent with our shared values. I look forward to answering your questions. <clears throat> Thank you. I recognize myself for five minutes for questions. Mr. Marcus, Facebook's 2.7 billion users entrust you with their most intimate thoughts, pictures, feelings, ideas, and sensitive information. Yet, at every opportunity to demonstrate growth, competence, and responsibility, Facebook has let us down. As I already noted, Facebook has a long list of scandals, including its repeated failures to safeguard its users' data. You've said that we don't need to trust Facebook because it will only be one of 100 members in the Libra Association that will manage this product and this project. But that's not entirely true, is it? The project was Keep Facebook's idea. Facebook is spearheading it and recruiting partners. Facebook's subsidiary, Calibra, will provide consumers with a digital wallet to store Libra tokens. As I understand it, no member of the association has paid anything towards the project. So my question is, why should we trust Facebook to do these activities? Thank you, Chairwoman. Um, I think trust is really essential, and it's clear we've made mistakes 
uh, I believe we're owning these mistakes and working hard in uh, remedying uh, them and working hard at improving on all fronts. Uh, but as far as the Libra Association is concerned and the way that this project has been developed, we have uh, invested uh, everything that has been invested so far uh, in Libra, you're absolutely right. Uh, and we have built uh, all of the code base, the technology, uh, up to this point. Uh, but we have also um, given, donated, if you will, the technology because it's now open source for the whole world to be able to use and leverage. As a result, uh, we are not controlling the code base. Uh, and by the time we launch, uh, we will be one of 100 members with no special privilege. As it's far the as centralized the to decentralized uh, movement. I believe we'll that uh, the, the idea here Apple, uh, often is that one day we will launch and suddenly 2 billion people will arrive on the Calibra wallet. Uh, this is not the approach we're taking. People will have to open specific Calibra accounts, so they're not going to be able to use their Facebook account. They have to open new accounts. Uh, and in order for them to do that, they will have to upload a government-issued ID to identify so that we can meet our KYC requirements. Thank you, and Mr. Marcus. I can uh, appreciate that you understand that there is a trust problem here. Uh, given its disregard for U.S. law and its massive scale, I think foreign countries could find it difficult to effectively regulate Facebook, Libra or Calibra. It isn't clear the Federal Reserve or other U.S. regulators have the authority to regulate you. And yesterday, the Swiss regulator that um, you're saying Regulator. would regulate you actually said that Libra is open source if you guys want to look at it. It is in GitHub. Facebook a couple of you guys were asking about it. So, Mr. Marcus, you responded to a request uh, by members of this committee for a moratorium on your activities by stating that you would continue to work with regulators before going forward. But if the regulators lack the authority to adequately oversee you, how can you work with them to resolve concerns? Will you stop kind of dancing around this question and commit here in this committee before the duly elected representatives of the American people to a moratorium until Congress enacts an appropriate legal framework to ensure that Libra and Calibra do what you claim it is intended to Get do. Get lost. To serve the public. Get lost. Let me just say that we are all in support of innovation. Yeah, okay, one okay, side of the sure. Aisle versus another side of the aisle. But if you talk to any member on this committee, they will know nothing about Libra. They will know nothing about Calibra. And they you will won't know in 10 years because you have no idea about uh, nothing. How it is organized. They will know nothing about the role uh, that Facebook is going to play in this big association that now has 28 companies and looking to get 100 companies. And so, despite the fact that we all support innovation, no, you don't. we all understand what is important. <laughs> for our economy to grow and for development and for the future of this country. We need to be on top of and understand something as massive as this project. And that does not say we don't support innovation. With that, uh, I will turn to the gentleman. She basically just said Facebook needs to stop development until they get the okay green light from the government, which I think is ridiculous. That's outrageous personally that this needs to be uh, analyzed, understood, and the proper oversight uh, needs to be set up before uh, Libra can launch. Uh, and this is in this spirit that we released a white paper uh, very early before any launch so that we could have the time to engage with all of the proper uh, regulators 
and central banks and lawmakers uh, to ensure that we will get this right. And this is my commitment to you, Chairwoman. We will take the time to get this right. Thank you very much. The gentleman from North Carolina, Ranking Member Mr. McHenry, is recognized for five minutes. So I want to keep this simple. So, Mr. Marcus, I've read your white paper. I understand the nature of digital currency and digital technology. What is a Libra? Uh, Congressman, uh, Libra is a digital currency, a, a reserve-backed digital currency. Is that a security? We don't believe uh, it is, Congressman. Is it a commodity? Uh, Congressman, uh, based on uh, current U.S. law, I believe it might be a commodity, but uh, we see it as a, a payment tool. Is it an exchange-traded fund? Uh, it is not, Congressman. Okay, so when you say that, uh, so it's none of the above in any pure form, like other digital currencies, correct? Uh, Congressman, it is designed to be a, a, a payment tool. A payment tool. Okay, so if it's none of the above in our current regulatory structure, what I'm really getting at is how do you comply with regulations? Congressman, uh, the way that we comply with regulations is uh, in a number of ways. First, uh, as far as the Calibra wallet is concerned, uh, it's uh, registered as a, a money services business with Treasury and with FinCEN. Uh, it is uh, applying and has received a number of state licenses uh, and will operate uh, the same way that other wallets operate. As far as... Uh, That's Calibra. I'm asking about Libra. So the, as far as the Libra Association uh, is concerned, uh, these are uh, active conversations we're having, notably with the working group of the G7, as well as uh, FINMA, which is the uh, Swiss uh, financial regulator. Okay. So you, uh, there, is, there is tension between the notion of a decentralized currency um, or something decentralized and, and ultimately privacy uh, and ultimately anti-money laundering and know your customer elements. These things stand in conflict with one another and very difficult things to resolve. Uh, in your white paper, you say after five years, there'll be a transition point um, and you will go from a permissioned based to a permissionless system. Post-transition, how do you reconcile the, the need for controls, which allow you to comply with anti-money laundering and KYC, know your customer regulations, with that decentralized notion of a fully decentralized digital currency? It's a very good uh, question, Congressman. Uh, and uh, the way that this will work is that the association uh, will still have the ability to set the rules when it comes to any money laundering program, CFT and KYC uh, requirements uh, for the network. Uh, and uh, what we expect, even when uh, the network transitions to permissionless without uh, getting lost in the, in the weeds, uh, is that the, the vast majority of uh, validators uh, will likely be the ones uh, providing services, so li likely larger companies. So you're saying in the nature of the wallet, that's how you get to any money laundering, know your customer, not the nature of the digital currency. So going to a permissioned, uh, going from permission system with the, these nodes, ultimately 100, to a permissionless system, you're saying it's not going to be in the nature of that technology of a Libra. It'll be in the nature of the wallets on either side of this? Uh, that is correct, Congressman. But on top of that, the Libra Association will continue to have an AML program and will still be uh, under the supervision of FinCEN. Okay. So getting into that question of any money laundering prov provisions, 
uh, in complying with FinCEN, is your view that you're going to be like Western Union? Or is it going to be your view that you're more like your former employee, employer, PayPal? Congressman, I believe that it depends uh, the about the entities you're talking about. As far as the wallets are concerned, uh, it will definitely be uh, more uh, like the PayPal types of businesses that operates in the payments space. Uh, and as far as the Libra Association is concerned, uh, that is the conversation we're having because- So is this your view, the development internally at Facebook, is for you to be a competitor to Alipay and to WePay? Congressman, uh, yes. Uh, and to be a competitor to Venmo and PayPal. Congressman, uh, so yes, we have a number of wallets that are working with us on the network side, but that will compete on the wallet side on the network. Will that consumer data be kept separate or a part of your, the Calibra data collected from consumers? Will that be a part of uh, Facebook's overall knowledge of consumers, or will it be separate and distinct? Uh, no, Congressman. We will make strong commitment to keep that data separated from social data. Separate and distinct? Yes. Uh, final question here. So if you're seeking to be a competitor to Alipay and to WeChat, why are you doing this in Switzerland, and why are you using a basket of currencies? Why not the good old American dollar and to bring down the transaction costs, which is it seemingly the ultimate goal here. Congressman, first I want to say that the choice of Switzerland has nothing to do about evading responsibilities of, or oversight. Uh, the goal of Switzerland is to uh, home uh, this Libra Association in an international uh, place that is the okay, home skip of the beyond WTO. That. Um, <laughs> and so th that's really why. Uh, the second thing is, uh, for the same reason we, w we would like uh, for Libra to be a digital global uh, currency and as a result to be one unit of digital currency for the whole world. Uh, and this is why we believe it was the right approach. Thank you. The gentlewoman from New York, Mrs. Maloney, who is also the chair for the Subcommittee on Investor Protection, Entrepreneurship and Capital Markets is recognized for five minutes. Patrick Thank McHenry you. was pretty good. Uh, Mr. Marcus, uh, as you can see, there are a lot of questions about this project. Uh, it's big and very bold. Some would say it's too bold. The chairman of the Federal Reserve, Jay Powell, was in here just last week saying that he thinks it could be a systemic risk. The former chairman of the CFTC, Gary Gensler, is going to testify later that he believes it should be covered by the Investment Company Act. So we have a lot of concerns and a lot of questions. And I, I take it that uh, it's a no to the chairwoman's question about requesting a moratorium on Libra until policymakers can figure out how to handle it. Was that a yes or no to her question? Please say no. When she called say for no, moratorium. buddy. Congresswoman, uh, uh, the commitment is that we will not launch until we have addressed okay. all concerns fully uh, and have okay. the proper I take that as a no. Attaboy. Okay. Attaboy. So what I want to ask you, will you commit right here in this hearing room to walk before you run? Will you commit to doing a small pilot program for Libra First, limited to no more than one million users, and overseen by the Federal Reserve and the SEC, will you commit to that? Congresswoman, the, uh, the steps we have taken, and this is the reason why we uh, announced the white paper and the plans, instead of launching and then figuring it out after, which is 
you know, what happens sometimes with uh, technology products, uh, most often actually, uh, in, in this very case, we are deliberate about taking the time to get this right. And but, we but, that's, but that's seriously, in all due respect, that's not what I asked you. And given the lack of trust of people having Facebook, you've breached the trust of users over and over again. Just last week, you, will, you were reportedly fined $5 billion for selling your users' private data without their knowledge or permission. So I would like to ask you again, will you commit to walking before you run? Wow, Ludi. Because if you go ahead and launch Libra without doing a pilot program first, there are too many risks. The Libra Reserve could be managing too much money, which could make it systemic. Too much money could be pulled out of banks in order to buy Libra, which former FDIC chair Sheila Baer has written about and warned about. So the risks are very great. Oh my God. Now, personally, and this is only my own personal belief, I, I don't think you should launch Libra at all because the creation of a new currency is a core government function. Get the hell it out of here. left to democratically accountable institutions that are accountable to the American people. But at the very least, you should agree to do this small pilot program first, fully overseen by you and the Federal Reserve and the SEC. I think that's a modest request. So will you commit right now to doing a small pilot program first, yes or no? Uh, Congresswoman, uh, we will continue to engage with regulators and the working group at the G7 that is notably looking after the issues that you raised to ensure that however we launch this, it is responsibly and it is with the pro pro appropriate oversight uh, and uh, in, a, in a very responsible way. You have my commitment on that. Well, if you will not commit, how is he in the authority to commit on that? Are you kidding? First, I think it's a reasonable request. No, it's not. And I think that Congress should seriously consider stopping this project from moving forward. Now, there's a lot of concern about Facebook. A lot of people think that it's really become too powerful, that it's become a monopoly. And now you're telling us that Facebook's digital wallet for Libra, called Calibra, will be the only wallet that can be embedded into WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger. Given how dominant these two apps are, I think that raises serious concerns about market concentration and potentially monopoly concerns. So will you commit to allowing third-party wallets on WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger? Uh, Congresswoman, uh, may I answer the one point about what you said earlier, I just want to address it really quick, which is that the current system is really not working for people and for way too many people, and others are leading and plowing ahead, and I believe that if we Please, don't... sir, would you answer my question? I get to ask the questions uh, in, in, this, in this committee. And will you commit to allowing a third party wants a lot of wallets on WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger? Yes or no? It's a simple question. Uh, Congress, yes or no? Congresswoman, other wallets are going to actually be interoperable with the Calibra wallets that will be integrated in WhatsApp. So do you believe in uh, competition and market access? If you believed in it, then you would allow them to be embedded also, third party. Will you allow the it? The latest time has expired. Thank you. The gentlewoman from How do these people get elected? Is recognized Holy for five shit. minutes. 
Uh, thank you, Madam Chairwoman. I'm, I'm concerned that a 2020 launch date demonstrates deep insensitivities around how Libra could impact U.S. national security, the global financial system, the privacy of people across the globe, criminal activity, and international human rights. Uh, Mr. Marcus, I have a number of questions, so I'm going to let's try and move as expeditiously as, as possible. Are you taking any steps to ensure that the dollar is not overtaken as the leading international currency that undergirds global economic stability? Uh, yes, Congresswoman, uh, and uh, the, the first of many steps is that the dollar is most likely going to be the, the predominant part of the reserve. It's 58 uh, percent, generally speaking. Euro about 19. I don't know what your numbers are in terms of. Well, well Congresswoman, the, the, the first, the, the, the dollar will be one of the, the predominant uh, 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 currency backing Libra. And, and then the, the other part is really the engagement that we currently have. Uh, with the G7 working group, with the Fed, and with the Financial Stability Board, we'll continue to engage in those conversations. I serve as um, also as the vice-ranking member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, and I'm hoping to understand how the U.S. government could effectively implement sanctions if Libra were to, to take off. As you likely know, North Korea uses cryptocurrencies to evade our sanctions all the time. If the Treasury Department demanded the Libra, Libra Association blacklist certain Libra addresses in order to comply with U.S. sanctions, how would Libra respond? Congresswoman, just I, I want to make a strong point here because it's really important. Uh, whether Libra launches or it, it doesn't launch, there will be other networks. There are other networks. There are other cryptocurrencies, and those are not uh, coming here. Uh, You're not suggesting that it's okay if others no, evade U.S. sanctions, that it's okay if Libra does. I, I am absolutely not uh, saying that, Congresswoman. And that's why I'm saying that we are here and we are engaging with FinCEN. The Libra Association will be uh, also uh, registered with FinCEN and we will have strong AML KYC program as well as uh, from uh, all of the wallets uh, operating here in the United States, of course, full enforcement of sanctions uh, and, uh, and then some. So Libra could have significant geopolitical implications. Frankly, from a human rights perspective, perspective for instance, uh, despotic leaders could ban Libra and penalize users. How are you approaching establishing appropriate human rights safeguards as you develop the Libra platform? Uh, Congresswoman, I believe that uh, one of uh, the, the driving forces of the association uh, being financial inclusion, we will have the right uh, representatives around the table. Uh, and Orly Which specific organizations? Because your folks sure couldn't answer that to us yesterday when I asked. Um, which ones are you specifically working with to address p potential human rights impact? So we have uh, Mercy Corps, uh, Women World's Banking, and Kiva that are already uh, founding members of the Libra Association, and uh, there will be more organizations that have dedicated Pretty all good of their lives and uh, energy in addressing the very problems that you're raising. I'm curious to understand how you think the Libra platform would interact with Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which prevents state and local law enforcement from protecting citizens from illicit 
illicit activities. For instance, if Libra is explicitly being used to further a criminal act negotiated on Facebook Messenger. Uh, Congresswoman, uh, Section 230, as I understand it, uh, is uh, relating to uh, the, the, plot, the Facebook uh, technology uh, product, uh, and uh, have, we have the protections of Section 230. I don't believe that this applies to payments. Terrorists and criminals use Facebook to fundraise, to recruit and connect with buyers. Facebook's moderation just does not seem up to the task, and Libra could make it, I believe, even easier for these nefarious actors to move money. Before launching Libra and potentially compounding the situation, how will you be able, how will you be addressing the digital back markets that run rampant on the Facebook platform? Uh, Congresswoman, the first way we will do that is ensuring uh, that on the Calibra wallet, everyone who opens a Calibra account has to identify with a government-issued ID, and as a result, we will have strong identity uh, and uh, a full staffed team to address My time is, uh, has expired. I, I yield back to the chair. I have, I have other questions I will submit for the record. Thank you. Thank you. The gentlewoman from New York, Ms. Velasquez, is recognized for five minutes. Thank you, uh, Madam Chair. Uh, Mr. Marcos. We do not want to stifle innovation, but we do have a healthy dose of skepticism. So this is not Silicon Valley. You cannot work out problems as you go. So all those problems need to be resolved and worked out before you launch Libra. So for the third time on this side, I pose the question to you. Would you commit yourself to not launch That's so ridiculous. Libra Get before out of all here. the concerns from the Federal Reserve and all the uh, regulators are addressed? Yes or no? Absolutely. Yes or no? Absolutely, Congresswoman. Okay. And uh, I want to reiterate this commitment that uh, this was the spirit in which we announced early, and we will do okay, what's okay. right to address I, I just want a yes or no answer. Uh, thank you. So, Mr. Marcos, we gave the Federal Reserve increased oversight over non-banks. We don't know yet what you are. If the S-talk designated you a CFI, would you submit to enhance oversight? Uh, Congresswoman, uh, I don't believe uh, that uh, the... But you don't know what you are, so... No, but co Congresswoman, the, the Libra Association or Calibra uh, have no plans to engage in banking activities. Uh, and, uh, you know, as far as the Calibra wallet is concerned, we will be active in the payment space, like many other uh, non-banks are active in the payment space. But well, that said, we will, of course, comply with uh, all regulations. So we want to make sure uh, that companies that did not fall into the normal bucket of regulatory authority could not threaten the U.S. financial uh, system. So I would like to ask you, according to the Libra, Libra Association's white paper, members of the Libra Association will consist of geographically distributed and diverse businesses, not-for-profit and multilateral organizations and academic institutions. Sir, by what criteria were the initial members of the association chosen? 
Uh, thank you for your question, Congresswoman. Uh, the, the way that uh, the uh, initial members joined uh, was as a result of a wide outreach, uh, and uh, it's a combination of companies that can accelerate the uh, uh, acceptance and utility of Libra, uh, like uh, companies like Uber and Lyft and Spotify, uh, that can accelerate the acceptance uh, of Libra within uh, current merchant networks like Visa and MasterCard, uh, that can inform how to drive financial inclusion, like oh. Mercy Corps, Kiva, uh, and, uh, uh, and, um, and Women World Banking. Uh, and, and, uh, and now we are starting, uh, the Libra Association is starting that phase of uh, okay. welcoming more okay. members that will be even... Okay, I hear you. You want to get uh, to 100, right? That is correct. Yes. Uh, so if a member were to determine that they do not, uh, they no longer wish to participate in the association. What is the process for withdrawal? Uh, Congresswoman, at this stage, uh, we're uh, in the process, uh, all of us, the 28 uh, organizations, of uh, ratifying uh, the charter. Mm -hmm. uh, and as a result of this process- So you don't know yet? No, as a, as a result of this process, if uh, members do not wish to participate, they can drop, uh, and there will be a process uh, on an ongoing basis for members that do not wish to participate. So do you think a member's withdrawal could threaten the value of the Libra currency? Uh, no, I don't believe that's the case, Congresswoman. Mr. Um, Marcus, according to the Libra Association's white paper, the Libra Association has a target launch of uh, the first half of 2020, when you expect the association's charter to be finalized, and will the charter be available for review by regulators, lawmakers, and the public? Absolutely, Congresswoman. According to, uh, I, I, this question was asked before, so uh, I will yield back the balance of my time. Thank you. Uh, point of clarification, Mr. Marcus, did you commit to the moratorium uh, to Ms. Velasquez? Uh, Chairwoman, they uh, love I committals. To, uh, Excuse waiting. me, I, I just need a yes or no. Uh, Congress, uh, Chairwoman, I, I just want to be precise. I, I committed to waiting for us to have all the appropriate regulatory approvals and have addressed all concerns before Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's not a commitment. I wanted to clarify that. The gentleman from Arkansas, Mr. Hill, is recognized for five minutes. Thank you, Chairwoman. Mr. Marcus, again, thank you for being here. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what a core appears to be a core business element for Colibra, and that is the issue of remittances. He's right. Uh, the World Bank says that the single most important uh, challenge in remittances around the world is uh, lack of transparency and, and cost, and it's the average global cost of remittances is about 7%. So tell me what fees you'll be charging for moving money inside the Calibra system. Uh, Congressman, the, the goal for Calibra is to charge uh, very little or nothing uh, at all for P2P transactions or for person-to-person -person transactions. We're hoping that we can uh, offer that part of the service for free. And then, therefore, on uh, B2B or B2C, you'd be charging something uh, there will likely in, bit in, uh, in Libra currency, fractional Libra currency. Uh, there will likely be uh, small merchants fee merchant fees that will be competitive, uh, very competitive with the current uh, uh, fees that are paid by merchants. And inside the Calibra system, you'll earn revenue from advertising as well? 
uh, no, Congressman, no advertising uh, in uh, Calibra. The, the Calibra revenue streams, uh, when uh, we start working on that, which we haven't at all and we don't plan to for a number of years, uh, will likely be by offering uh, a range of uh, financial services in partnerships with uh, existing financial institutions uh, and banks. And so in those remittances, which are so important to countries all over the world, we know uh, what percentage of GDP uh, remittances represent, in, uh, particularly in Central America and Mexico. I think it's the third largest source of hard currency in Mexico, for example, 20% in Honduras. Uh, both sides of that equation would be subject to KYC? Uh, yes, Congressman, on the Calibra wallet, you will not be able to uh, open an account uh, without having a proper KYC. And one of the issues in the, in the third world, obviously, is they don't have a stable currency and are subject to inflation, terrible inflation. I think I read a, uh, a note uh, that 94 countries, representing 48% of the world's population and 16% of world GDP, experience on a regular basis 10% or more inflation per year. So do, is it your view that that Calibra wallet will have a more stable currency than their local currency, or more stable value, I should say, than their local currency? Uh, Congressman, the way we've designed the, the, the reserve, uh, and again, subject to uh, proper oversight uh, and review from uh, the G7 uh, working group and others, uh, is to have a very stable uh, value retentive uh, digital currency. So yes, it will be a very high quality digital currency uh, in a number uh, of countries uh, that are currently receiving a lot of their income uh, from abroad. Uh, they will now receive a lot of their income from abroad in uh, a stable uh, currency that will retain its value. What do you think, though, about uh, obviously many of those same third world countries and some larger than third world have very strict controls on foreign currency. They have currency controls. They have currency boards. They don't allow their consumers to take action outside their home currency. They don't allow their home currency to be taken out of the country. How does Libra plan on dealing with that? Uh, Congressman, this is going to be a country-by-country country answer. There are lots of countries that have the, the problems you highlighted and that don't have uh, currency controls that we think we can uh, address uh, right away. Uh, and then for other uh, countries, it will definitely be a country-by-country country approach. The, the one thing I want to highlight, though, is the fact that any wallet, not only Calibra, any wallet that is actually built on top of the Libra network will be interoperable with one another, meaning that to provide uh, the value that we intend to provide for so many people, we don't need to be the only wallet. And in, in certain regions, it will be other wallets, but would, they would still benefit from interoperability. I thought that was an interesting uh, conversation with my friend from New York about uh, the exclusivity of the wallet, Calibra wallet at WhatsApp, for example. You do plan on having, and you have 100 members that aren't interested in Facebook having any more monopoly than they do now. So would you have uh, Visa's debit credit system available as a wallet? Congressman, uh, we will no have sense. a number of other <laughs> payment methods for commerce on uh, the, the Facebook uh, platform and Instagram as well, uh, including debit, credit cards, other wallets. Uh, and as far as uh, P2P payments, uh, there will be uh, more. Uh, there will be competition on P2P payments, on, even be. on Facebook's application. There will be on traditional currencies, uh, the same way that in Messenger you can currently use debit cards to do P2P. Yield back. Thank you, Chair. 
The gentleman from New York, Mr. Meeks, who is also the chair for the Subcommittee on Consumer Protection and Financial Institutions, is recognized for five minutes. Thank you, Madam Chair. And Mr. Marcus, thank you for your testimony. I can say with confidence that Lehman Brothers, Bear Stearns, and the entire subprime mortgage ecosystem did not set out to bring the global financial system to its knees. I can say with confidence that the legitimately brilliant minds and Nobel Prize winners, in fact, behind LTCM, did not set out to trigger the Asian financial crisis, but they nearly broke the global markets. And I can also say with confidence that the deregulation of the early 1980s and bankers did not set out to trigger the savings and loans crisis, but it did. Not only Com that, comparing Facebook to Lehman Brothers is a stretch. Their logic and innovation, expanding access to financial services, and arguments of inclusion. And yet, they all broke the system. And the people at the bottom of the social economic ladder systemically paid the heaviest price. So, you may be speaking earnestly when you tell us the lofty goals, but I was here in Congress when Secretary Paulson came to us and told us we were within days of a complete shutdown of the global financial system. Now, I don't expect you to understand what that was like, but I assure you it was absolutely terrifying and one of my worst moments in Congress. Now, I want America to remain a global leader in financial services innovation, and I believe that we have regulators, et cetera, that are the best in the world. But let's do this. Let's assume that Facebook manages to get even just 10% of its current users, user base to the Facebook Libra wallet. Do you understand that that would absolutely make you a systemically risky financial institution, and that, would, and that we would expect FSOC to designate you as such, and the Fed to create a special regulatory oversight program for Facebook accordingly. Would you agree to this? Congressman, uh, first of all, I want to recommit. We will actually- Yes or no, would you agree to this? I, I do want to uh, share that if we will have 10% of the Facebook- I've only got a small amount of time. Will you commit? I, I want to answer your question to the best of my ability, uh, Congressman. And if we had 10% of our user base, which is 200 million people uh, using a Calibra wallet, uh, we would be the same size of many other non-bank payments wallets uh, around the world, including here in the U.S., including another one that is part of the association. Let me reclaim my time. You're not answering my question because even banks, you know, anybody that's holding money would be considered a bank. Well, do, well let me ask this. Do you agree that, define simply, an organization that holds deposits and makes loans is a bank. Similarly, banks in the past did issue their own currency or IOUs and clear their payments. Finally, some banks are run as nonprofit organizations or cooperatives. Therefore, they are both, therefore are both Facebook and Libra organizations planning to establish uh, bank holding companies with full organization and capital structure we require to protect the global financial system from systemic risks and systemic collapse. Systemic. Congressman, we will not engage in banking services. We will focus on payments. Well, you're taking people's money, right? And you're holding their money. 
Congress, Correct. The, the same way that you have Venmo and PayPal and Square Cash and a number of other payment so companies. So what you're telling me is you're not going to organize as a bank. You didn't answer my first question, which would put you under the regulations of FSOC and others so that we can make sure that there's no systemic uh, risk here because of what you're doing in your size that could bring down the entire federal government, uh, meaning the, the entire financial services uh, in industry. But let me, let me ask you one more. I got 40. In Dodd-Frank, we established the CFPB to serve as a financial regulator focused specifically on the best interests of consumers. Do you believe that the CFPB currently has authority over both the Libra organization and the Facebook Libra wallet? And why did you not conclude? Uh, well, do you think the CFPB have jurisdiction? So many questions. Uh, Congressman, we're engaged in conversation with uh, all FSOC agencies, including CFPB. And it, it is not for me to decide who uh, has appropriate oversights. But we so why didn't you include, did not include compliance with CFPB in your prepared testimony? Uh, Congressman, uh, this is because we're currently engaged with all of these agencies, and uh, I wanted to share uh, where we were right now at this point in time with the knowledge we have at this time. But uh, we will have a more complete uh, outreach by the time uh, we are ready for launch because we're going to take the time to get this right. Clarification, I understand that you're absolutely opposed uh, to FSOC's uh, oversight and that uh, you don't think they should be allowed to uh, designate you as a CIFI, is that right? Uh, Chairwoman, I'm not opposed to any regulation and we have had conversations with FSOC. If, uh, Thank you very much. Thank you. We'll move on to the next person. They want to paint him in a corner so bad. Mr. Lukemeyer is recognized for five minutes. Thank you, Madam Chair. Over here, Mr. Marcus, thank you. Um, you know, you made a statement a while ago that you said that the current system is not working. And I, I, it, it concerns me because I think the current system is working. It's not working as efficiently maybe for, as you'd for like For rich to white guys, obviously. But I think, you know, the system right now works because it's kind of like traffic control. You know, if you and if you're in a country road and you have uh, you know like five cars a day through an intersection, you don't need traffic control and you can go wherever you want to do, and it doesn't cost you any time to go through an intersection. But if you got an intersection that's got 30,000 cars a day going through, you need some traffic control to go through there to protect people uh, for safety purposes, as to be able to transact their ability to go through that thing in, in, in an efficient way. And I think, you know, you're talking about the size and scope of of uh, money transactions, and yeah, it costs a little bit of money right now to be able to transfer money around the world, but that's because of safety and security concerns, as well as the mechanisms that are in place to be able to do that. I think what you're trying to do is take away some of those, those costs, but we're concerned about the safety and, 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 uh, and, and transactional transparency of what's going on here. So um, the system is working, but you'd like to improve it is what I think you meant to say a while ago. Is that right? Uh, Congressman, uh, first, I, I really believe that the system is not working for way too many people right now. Uh, and I don't believe that the reason uh, the people who earn less and who have less pay more is because of the, regula the regulation and uh, having KYC and AML. I believe we can do that at a much lower cost. Okay. I believe that you, technology you, you, lower what you're trying, What you just said, though, is you agree the system is working, it's just not working as efficiently as you like to see it. Well, so I, I, I accept that 
Something else you said a minute ago, a while ago you said that you want to offer more what? financial services as you go down the road. And just a minute ago you said you would answer, you want to, you want to offer no banking services. So which one is it? Uh, are you going to have deposits down the road that you pay interest on? Are you going to take deposits at all? Are you going to have lending that you're going to be doing to some of the customers? What kind of financial services or banking services are you intending to, to, uh, to grow into? Congressman, it's too early, but if we are to engage in those services, we will partner with existing banks and financial institutions the same way that uh, other uh, payments companies have done it. And I'm talking here exclusively about the, the Calibra wallet, and I think you know, I need to be precise here. Okay, with, with regards to the uh, specific assets that you're going to hold in the reserve, who puts the money in, who puts the assets in to begin with, who owns those assets, what do you do with any uh, dividends or, or interest or any returns on those, in, those investments that you make, who shares in those profits? Uh, Congressman, the way the reserve is built is uh, if uh, consumers buy into uh, Libra, uh, the fiat money they use to buy Libra uh, ends up in the reserve uh, and is actually custodied uh, with large uh, banks or potentially a, a better form of, of custody even depending on uh, the outcome of some of the conversations we're having with the, the, the G7 working group and the recommendations that they will come with. Um, and, uh, and so the, the reserve is uh, always proportional to the number of Libra coins in circulation. Uh, and if the reserve uh, generates a return, it will be used uh, for two things. Uh, number one, to pay for the association and the operation of uh, the whole Libra network. Uh, and number two, uh, to return uh, some of the investment uh, back to original investors and backers of uh, the system that will put a lot of resources to get it out of, off the ground. You know, one of the things that, um, as, as, it, as we look at this, you know, if, if I have a business and I'm trying to sell, you know, a thousand widgets to some company in France, and I want to use the Libre system to be able to facilitate this, when I get done with this transaction, I have an income off that. And so I have to report that to the IRS. So, there, so is there a cost to, trans, to, to, to change back from the Libra to the dollars so that I then can explain to the IRS the kind of transaction and the kind of um, you know, money I earned off this transaction? Is there a fee for doing that when you, tra when you, when you transfer it back from Libras to dollars? Uh, Congress, Congressman, there will be uh, probably uh, small fees because there will be agents and exchanges that will be involved in the process of converting uh, fiat into Libra and back to uh, fiat. Uh, but from an IRS and tax standpoint, uh, as far as the Calibra wallet is concerned, we will have uh, the proper tools built into the product uh, so that uh, uh, people can report their taxes. Yeah, my time is up. Thank you. The gentleman from Georgia, Mr. Scott, is recognized for five minutes. Yes, because Mr. Mark is over time. here this direction, this way. All right. Now, I've listened very intently to your testimony and to the response of several of my colleagues' questions here, Ms. Waters, Mr. McHenry, um, and, and, and you keep mentioning your white paper as a defense to the answer to their questions. But I want to call your attention to the fact that neither your white paper nor your subsequent Facebook posts offered any concrete details 
as to how you plan to implement or enforce strong anti-money laundering, how you plan to enforce know your customer protections, and most importantly, to ensure, that's what all of us are concerned about, the safety of our financial system. So right now, tell us, what specifically, don't say the white paper, what are you going to do? Uh, what do you see as the responsibilities of Libra to combat anti-money laundering, to protect our financial system? Could you tell us right now, just point it. Uh, yes, Congressman. Uh, two uh, parts to uh, that answer. First, at the Libra Association itself. Uh, Libra Association will be uh, based in Switzerland, but will still uh, register with FinCEN. And as a result, we'll have an AML program. Uh, and uh, we'll have guidelines for all the members to enforce the right uh, KYC standards, AML, CFT programs. As far as the Calibra wallet is concerned, uh, for every account open, we will ensure that uh, everyone KYCs appropriately with government-issued ID, and we'll have very strong AML programs. Uh, okay, but what about this, uh, uh, Mr. Marcus? Currently, the full responsibility to file suspicious activity reports are on our banks or other money service uh, businesses. Uh, which law enforcement uses to investigate and prosecute criminal terrorists. And in your July post, you spoke only of the ability for these law enforcement and uh, regulators to conduct their own analysis of off-the-chain activity. So, do you feel that this represents a shift away from Libra's own responsibility to monitor and enforce anti-money laundering or customer protections? Uh, no, Congressman. Uh, the, the reason uh, I wrote this is that the approach that Libra is taking is using a blockchain, and blockchain gives uh, additional uh, visibility to law enforcement and regulators compared to the current system to conduct their own investigations instead of solely depending on uh, banks or regulated entities self-reporting. But that doesn't mean that we on the Calibra wallet side and Marks. all of the other uh, members operating on top of this network will not have very strong AML programs and will not uh, file uh, uh, suspicious activity reports. All right, so now you're marketing this currency as a new entity to financial services. And with that will surely come new and innovative methods of committing financial crimes. What you bring is new. Criminals out there are going to invent ways to deal with it. So let me ask you, what are you anticipating as some of the new ways that criminals may attempt to export and exploit Libra for illicit use. And, and how are you combating to do this? I let's, mean, let's just give away our security ideas. Let's, let's do that, right? But you also got to have the ability to be able to not just look down the road, 
but be able to look around corners to see what that criminal has in store for us. What say you? Couldn't agree more with you, Congressman, and uh, I believe that uh, we can improve on the current system because we have a chance uh, this time around to think through the way that the network is designed, the way that the on and off ramps are properly regulated with proper KYC controls, uh, the proper uh, way to monitor activity and report it with new technologies, and I think that this system might be potentially better uh, on these fronts. Thank you, uh, Mr. Marcus. The gentleman from Michigan, Mr. Heisinger, is recognized for five minutes. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair, and there is so much and so little time. I'm going to try to go through uh, and, uh, and get to some new territory. I was not planning on doing this, but you had used the term fiat currency a couple of times, and I uh, thought I knew what that meant, and it seemed a little odd that you were using it in the way that, I, uh, that you were, and so I, I went uh, to Wikipedia. Fiat cur uh, money is a currency without intrinsic value that has been established as money. Uh, fiat money does not have use value and is value only because a government maintains its value or because parties engage in exchange uh, to agree on its value. Somebody can read Wikipedia. Uh, Wikipedia might need to update its definition a little bit because we see that, uh, that people are using uh, cryptocurrencies uh, with no backing. And I, I am curious, why do you feel the need to have a reserve? Because it strikes me as you're using a fiat currency to create a fiat currency and to have a reserve of that. Uh, Congressman, uh, the reason we have a reserve is that we believe that to create a high-quality payment tool, uh, we need that uh, a digital currency to be very stable. Uh, and uh, as we've seen with a number of other uh, currencies out there, digital currencies, they're very volatile, and as a result, uh, they're not very good uh, medium of exchange or payment tools. So, so it's a trust issue? Uh, uh, no, Congressman. It's a stability issue. It's an inherent well, I guess stability quality and trust. that good money has, which is, you know, if it's, if it's stable, then it's good money. If it's not, then it's not. But, but couldn't uh, your stability be influenced by people's trust levels of the currency? Uh, yes and no. So, uh, in other words, the, the way that the, the... You fit perfectly into Washington with the, both the yes and a no, <laughs> without, I mean, without a subtle, hesitation. It, it, okay. A, <laughs> The, uh, it does strike me, though, as a little bit as many non-banked and underbanked, as you have, have said, is one of the goals of trying to get in it, uh, get them involved in the financial uh, space. Uh, oftentimes, they are not in that space because they have uh, a distrust of financial institutions, and and uh, I. I, I, I doesn't take uh, anyone uh, much time to, to find some well-publicized issues of trust with, uh, with a number of the companies that are uh, involved in uh, Calibra, uh, and so I'm not sure exactly how you're going to address this. Um, but the, uh, let me get back to the, uh, uh, the, the regu regulatory implications of this. I had the pleasure of being the chair of the Monetary Policy and Trade Subcommittee at one point, as well as the Capital Markets uh, Subcommittee, and I'm the ranking member now on that. And uh, as I've always said, as we've been looking at, uh, at um, these crypto assets, cryptocurrencies, um, and as the ranking member had asked, uh, is it a security, is it an exchange-traded product? What exactly is this? Is it fish or fowl? And it seems that it's more of a platypus uh, to me that it kind of evolves in its different parts. Um, and I, I'm, I'm curious, are you able to actually maintain 
the, the core and essence of a cryptocurrency and asset if you're really under all this regulation? We believe we can, Congressman, because uh, we believe that uh, in order for any form of digital currency and payment system to reach uh, uh, mass adoption, so would, it would you like to see all of the other crypto assets and cryptocurrencies under the exact same regulation that you are, or are you trying to create oh, and boy. carve out this new product, uh, Congressman? I can't speak for other crypto uh, assets. Or well, certainly, you must have some thoughts on that because if you're looking at it, going, "Well, that's not working for them." Otherwise, why would you be coming and asking for this This, this is a dangerous work? corner. Because uh, we believe that this is uh, a digital currency. If you compare it to other digital currencies or uh, cryptocurrencies, uh, it serves a different purpose. This one uh, is to serve a purpose of payment. It's a payment tool. And as a result, when it reaches so many people, we believe that appropriate regulation and oversight is required. So uh, as we were having a little confab up here, and my uh, friend uh, French Hill said, uh, uh, this, you might be the equivalent of American Express uh, 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 traveler's checks um, I, of, of days of old. I don't think of it that way, Congressman, but... Okay. Well, yeah, for the lower dais and the staff, those were things that were actually paper, and you, you carried them with you. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, you bought them at a bank, right? You actually put in a fiat currency in towards it. But um, so, uh, all right. The, um, there's my, my time has dwindled, I'm sorry. The, uh, we, we've got a lot, uh, and I, I, I have one last quick thing, which is the, the, the chair had asserted that you had not been in contact with FINMA, with the Swiss. Is that true or not true? Because you had said earlier that you have. Uh, Congressman, we have been in touch with FINMA. The other agency was the privacy agency that we have not reached out to, but FINMA we have uh, had uh, continuous engagement with. And I'll be following you up with some uh, written questions, so thank you. The gentleman from Colorado, Mr. Perlmutter, is recognized for five minutes. Thanks, Madam Chair. And I'm going to kind of take off where Mr. Heisinga just left off, just to help me understand the deal. So I have $5. I go and I buy one token of Libra for five bucks. You take that five bucks, and what do you do with it? Uh, Congressman, uh, the, the five dollars you would use to buy Libra would end up being uh, in the reserve. Uh, and so in, in the current contemplated uh, basket, uh, it would mean that uh, two and a half dollars will be in the reserve, and another two and a half of your dollars will be in a basket of uh, euro, pound, yen, uh, et cetera, in the reserve, and as a result, because the reserve is one for one, uh, your Libra uh, unit of value will always be backed by the same value in the reserve at all times, uh, guaranteeing uh, stability and low volatility. And that reserve is in the cloud? That reserve is in a bank? That reserve is where? Uh, that reserve is uh, custodied so with uh, very large uh, global banks that provide custodial services to uh, a number of companies. But uh, this is something that we're also in discussions with the G7 working group to ensure that there's proper regulatory oversight in how the reserve is managed and uh, how it's custodied as well. All right, so we've got this medium, this currency of some court called Libra, and now it's half here, half there. I want to use it. I want to buy something in Paraguay. So, which if I were using dollars was going to cost me four bucks. Oh, this guy's accent. So how do I do that? Do I then go to Colibra? 
And Colibra is like my credit card, and, and it wires four-fifths of a token of a Libra to Paraguay. Uh, Congressman, uh, you would use any of the wallets, uh, Calibra being one of them, to transfer uh, the money that you wanted to transfer to uh, that other country, and the way it would work is the same way that you would use any uh, payment apps here in the U.S., like uh, Venmo or PayPal. So it's just, it's a wiring system, more or less, except that I'm using Libra. I mean, Colibra is a wiring system. I mean, it's just Venmo, you know, I Venmo my daughter. 20 bucks, okay, it's just done, it's wired, it's over. I mean, I could have gone to the bank and they could have wired it to her, but I use Venmo. It's very similar to your experience on Venmo, uh, Congressman. See, I think what, what we're struggling with is, what are you? I mean, you're, you're, you're a medium, you're an intermediary, you're facilitating financial transactions. And it isn't as if we haven't had problems with that in the history of the world. You got a money changer in the process, turning my buck into a Libra to a Euro. So that's biblical. You've got, you know, I mean, the, the transaction is something we've had from the beginning of time. But it's a faster kind of wiring and more immediate tra uh, um, transaction. Am I, am I mistaken in that? Uh, no, Congressman. It's also much, uh, much lower cost uh, for the people who end up uh, needing it the most. And I, and I appreciate that. I mean, but, but for us, you know, we've seen banks fail. You know, we had the old saying, what's good for GM is good for America. And they had to go through a Chapter 11 back in the recession. You know, I don't think that'll happen to Facebook or whoever's backing this whole process. But it's possible, it's certainly possible, and so our responsibility is to your depositors or the people that buy these tokens or that use your credit card system. And so we're trying to figure out what kinds of regulations, and I, I think you're getting really good questions from both sides of the aisle because we all have this same question for you. And that's the resistance you're feeling because we think you're a bank, but you're not quite like a bank. And if you're a bank, we regulate the heck out of you because we've seen a lot of people lose money that ha where there hasn't been regulation. So that's the resistance that I feel. I want to support your innovation. I want to support the efficiency that you, be you people believe you're bringing to the table. But I also don't want anybody getting hurt here. Congressman, we're completely aligned on that. We don't want uh, anyone hurt, and we want the proper regulatory oversight, and this is why uh, we have uh, announced our plans very early, and uh, we're here and engaging with uh, all of the regulatory bodies uh, here in the U.S. and around the world to ensure that we have the right regulatory framework and oversight, and we address all the concerns uh, that were raised uh, today, uh, yesterday, and that were raised by uh, Chairman Powell thank, and others. Thank you for your testimony. The gentleman from Wisconsin, Mr. Duffy. Thank you, Madam Chair. Mr. Marcus, uh, how are you doing? I just, I got to tell you, uh, this is absolutely brilliant, um, innovative, creative, and to come from Facebook and to leverage your network um, is uh, pretty amazing. I was, I was uh, shocked at how bright it was. <laughs> Not that you guys aren't bright. Um, but quickly, who, who gets to use Colibra and Libra? 
So any, uh, anyone uh, that can open a Calibra account, uh, go through KYC in, in countries where uh, we can operate. Do you know, this is a $20 bill, do you know who can, who can use a $20 bill? Uh, yes, Congressman. Who can use it? Or who can, maybe a better question, who can't use a $20 bill? Uh, I believe the answer to your question is every, anyone. Everybody can it. use a $20 bill. The, the, this $20 bill doesn't discriminate on anything. You could be a murderer, you can say horrible things, you can say great things. This $20 bill can be used by every single person um, uh, that, that possesses it. With regard to your network, um, can Milo Yiannopoulos or Louis Farrakhan use um, Libra? Congressman, and I, was, and I bring that up because you know both those two individuals have been banned from Facebook. Uh, Congressman, um, uh, first I, I want to say that uh, no simple question. Come, this, you, you, no, it, I, you, give me. We, gotta, I, we only have five minutes. You got to answer a question so we can do the best job in, in vetting what you want to do. I, I know, but we must be thoughtful about those issues, Congressman. So I'm trying to respond appropriately. So you know, on one side, I, I just want to. Uh, stress that a platform that enables you to uh, communicate and uh, share ideas. Uh, well, uh, Facebook, we believe, is a, a platform that accepts ideas across the political spectrum. It has to protect consumers from hate that, speech and others. And so that's one thing. When it comes so listen, to money, listen, I don't know. Can Milo use it? Can Milo use, can Louis Farrakhan use this system? Uh, They've been banned from Facebook. Can they use it? Yes uh, or no? Congressman? Yes or no? I don't know yet, Congressman. Okay. <laughs> if I'm a gun dealer who I can use a $20 bill because, you know, if it's a lawful gun, that happens all across America. Um, on Facebook, you don't allow gun sales. So can a gun dealer who's abiding by American law, can they use your system? Uh, so this is a, a question that uh, is really important to get right, Congressman, and we haven't uh, written a policy yet. And, see, and, that, that, and that's what concerns me. I, I love what you're doing, but uh, when we say we at Facebook are going to set the social policies of, of who can use um, this, uh, th this, this cryptocurrency, um, in a way we get to set the social policy of who's in and who's out. And what's great about this is everybody gets to use it. And, and what I fear is uh, maybe in a roundabout way what's happening in China with their social scoring, you, you get the right social score, you can get a loan, you can get an apartment, um, you can access the train. Maybe Facebook is doing the same thing here where if you meet our social standards, which a lot of people here don't necessarily agree with your social standards or we use your platform, that's the way you access the network. So we have to conform our behavior to the standards of Facebook uh, to be on the network where I think the right answer would be, listen, everybody, if you're, if you're abiding by the law, has access to this system. Uh, Congressman, uh, personally, I believe that uh, we shouldn't be uh, in the business of uh, telling uh, what people can uh, do and uh, deciding what people can, uh, can do with their money or not. But that being said, this is an important question and we need to be thoughtful about the policy. But I think you're going to get some major pushback when, you when we look at your network and you say who's on and who's off and you're the judge and the jury. And for this system, um, I, I think you're going to see a lot of pushback, I think from both sides. But uh, go ahead. <laughs> this is why I believe we need to be very thoughtful about this, and uh, my commitment to you I think is the that thoughtful answer is, I'm going to behave like the fiat currency. The thoughtful answer is, if you abide by the law, you have access to it. That is the thoughtful and the right answer, but you haven't given me that, which gives me great pause and concern that 
this, the model of Libra is going to be the model of Facebook where we get to decide, and that, and, and that, and that concerns me. I'm also concerned about the, the data privacy and, and how you're going to use the data. Um, a lot of us have had concerns about uh, the data use on, on Facebook. Um, how will you use this data? Because now uh, what we post on Facebook and who we're friends with is one thing. How we spend our money is really powerful information, and you have access to that too. Um, and, and I'd like to dig deeper with you on that point, but also, you know, the, the freedom and liberty that comes from the 20, I think you should offer that same freedom and liberty on your network, and maybe we can talk more about that later. And I appreciate you coming and testifying, and kudos on the innovation. I yield back. Thank you, Congressman. Thank you. The gentleman from Connecticut, Mr. Himes, is recognized for five minutes. Uh, thank you, Madam Chairwoman. Mr. Marcus, thank you for being here. Um, this has been one of the more interesting hearings we've had in a little while. Um, in the last Congress, I had the uh, honor of chairing the New Democrat Coalition, about 104 Democrats. And if we do one thing, we get excited about innovation. Um, but this is not an app that measures your heartbeat. This is a complete overhaul of the circulatory system of the global economy. So a lot of the concern you're hearing here, I think, is just uh, around its sort of shocking ambition. Uh, and I want to ask you a specific question and take you through a specific scenario that gets at a larger concern that I have. Uh, and just so that folks at home can kind of follow along, you know, let's just imagine that I'm an American user of Libra. And my rent is $1,000 a month. And just for simplicity's sake, let's say that this month it's 1,000 Libra a month. Now, because Libra is backed by a basket of currencies, let's just imagine that one of the currencies, sterling, devalues dramatically in two weeks. I think, if I recall my banking and economic days, that I will find that in the next month, my rent in Libra will be, let's just pick a number, 1,100 uh, $1 Libra, but still $1,000 a month. So you know what I'm getting at. Users will have the profoundly unfamiliar experience of assuming foreign currency risk. Am I correct in that? Congressman, uh, yes, there will be fluctuation, but the way that uh, we're intending to uh, design uh, the reserve, again, in consultation uh, with uh, the G7 Working Group of Finance Ministries and uh, central banks, uh, is uh, going to be in, in such a way that we have looked historically at uh, the volatility that the dollar would have had in the last uh, 20 years compared to Libra with the, the proposed basket. And if you look at uh, the fact that half of the basket is dollars, it should be uh, fairly stable. That being said... But, but wait, wait, you acknowledge, I got it, you acknowledge that consumers everywhere, users of Libra, will for the first time, if they have previously been using their domestic currency to purchase domestic goods, they will experience foreign currency risk. Uh, they will have uh, some degree of volatility. Uh, right. Okay. So my question, so that I think that's an important point for people to understand, and I'm not saying that's good or bad, but traditionally, the regulatory apparatus here has said that if you're going to assume an unfamiliar risk, that risk will be disclosed to you with full transparency. And the mechanism we have traditionally used to disclose that kind of risk is through public filings and disclosure. Now, you said this is not an exchange-traded fund. Uh, I'm a former banker. This looks to me exactly like an exchange-traded fund backed by a series of short-term instruments in foreign currency. It looks exactly like an ETF to me. It even has a, a, a creation and remittance mechanism. So elaborate for me on why this is not an exchange-traded fund and kind if of there's is. any... 
ambiguity, what I really am getting at here is you need to clear, if it does, if in fact the regulators determine that it's an ETF, you need to clear 1940 Act registration hurdles, which that may sound technical, but that's designed to protect that rent payer who discovers that their rent went up for reasons they don't understand. So is this, tell me why this is not an exchange traded fund. Uh, Congressman, three points of why we believe it is not. Um, despite the fact that you're right, that it uses some uh, operational mechanisms that are similar, we believe that uh, it is not because uh, Libra is a payment tool. And typically, uh, if the question you're asking is whether we believe- But wait, Libra, I need to stop you there. The SEC doesn't say if you're a payment tool, you're not an exchange-traded fund. The SEC says if you have a security that is backed by, a, by, by other securities, you're an exchange-traded fund. And you may quibble with me that you're not a security, but you're certainly backed by other securities. Is that not correct? Uh, Congressman, it's uh, mainly correct. currencies, but I do want to answer your, your question. Uh, first, uh, no one, I, 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 we believe that no one will buy Libra as an investment because it is designed for stability. That is number one. Uh, number two uh, is that uh, when you look at uh, the definition of uh, the securities or how we test that has been used uh, from, by the SEC, uh, it actually uses uh, the idea that you invest uh, for a profit uh, that will result in the management of the product. Uh, and this product is not a product, it's a payment tool. It's not going to be actively managed. Uh, and you cannot use an ETF for payments. This is actually designed as a payment tool to enable people to retain value, not so to So since I'm almost value. out of time, let's come back to my original question. How will you make transparent what you acknowledged is foreign currency risk that consumers will face. How do you envision doing that? Uh, Congressman, uh, as far as the Calibra wallet is concerned, uh, you will have transparency uh, and uh, education built into the product. Okay, thank you. My time has expired. Thank you, Madam Chair. The gentleman from Ohio, Mr. Stivers, is recognized for five minutes. Thank you, Madam Chair, and uh, welcome, Mr. Marcus. Um, uh, we all say we want to encourage innovation, and I appreciate your innovation, and I really do want to encourage innovation. And I'd just like to kind of um, walk through a timeline so we know where we are in the innovation process here. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, or I'll just ask a couple yes or no questions. Uh, it was about 60 days ago you announced the idea, correct? Uh, Congressman, it was on June 18th, yes. June 18th. Uh, that was the white paper was on June 18th, but I thought in May you put out a, there was, there was nothing in May? Okay, so in, on, we're 30 days from the white paper. So this is a really early congressional hearing. I just want to, uh, and with that, I'll understand that you won't have the answer to every question. I do appreciate your commitment to uh, be willing to ensure that you, uh, you know, uh, meet all the regulatory hurdles and uh, comply with the law. Uh, the value I see in this innovation is, of course, for cross-border payments, uh, because that's so expensive today. And a second, for the unbanked, and you talked about both of those domestically. But can you just tell us what's in it for somebody domestically that already has a bank account? Is there, and isn't looking for cross-border payments? I, I don't see a big application for those folks. Uh, Congressman, I'm, I'm glad you asked, um, because uh, I, I doubt that uh, people will pay their rents with Libra anytime soon, to just relay the, the, the question earlier. 
the, the, the general uh, use case that we believe will happen in the US uh, when you have a, a bank account and you're properly banked is that if you want to send money abroad, uh, you will connect your debit card with one of the wallets. You will buy the, just the right amount of Libra you need to actually make that uh, cross-border transaction. You will save uh, a lot in the process, but then uh, if money comes back, you will redeposit it back to your bank account. And so you don't expect people to be holding Libra because the point is to have a, a stable currency, not a volatile currency. That's where the value comes in in cross-border payments because about 60% of the world's population lives in a country that does not have a stable currency. So I appreciate that and, and I think there is some value in that. I do have some concerns about um, the potential of money laundering. As you know, cryptocurrencies um, and, the, and the Silk Road sort of started uh, as a way to an anonymously finance um, illicit activity, um, and um, or as one of the one of the early things that was used for. So um, I'm concerned about cross-border payments that then are going to people that have sort of bad intent. And um, uh, I'm curious: Will you put a limit on the amount of any individual transaction? And I know again it's early. I recognize the timeline of where we are. But will, do you expect to put a limit on how much somebody can transfer in Libra to someone else? Um, Congressman, uh, we're going to continue our engagement, notably with Treasury, uh, on this topic. Uh, and my expectation is that there will be limits uh, depending on uh, where the money is sent uh, or uh, where it's coming from. Uh, I, my hope is that uh, between uh, two uh, consumers of American regulated uh, wallets like Calibra and others that will have proper KYC and AML. We uh, can uh, avoid having artificial limits, uh, but we will probably need limits uh, across the network to ensure that those activities can. And, and I'm not asking you to put artificial limits in. I was just curious, and I, obviously I, I want to make sure you comply with Know Your Customer and anti-money laundering because that is um, that's complying with the law, which you, you said you'd do, and, and I think that's really well, important. Congressman. Um, do, do you Quite. expect um, to um, have the Libra Association um, vote to exclude companies like Chick-fil-A or anybody else that might have um, social views that you disagree with? Uh, Congressman, uh, this is actually not going to be uh, my decision or Facebook's decision. It's going to have to be a decision that is going to be taken by the Council of Members of the Libra Association and the Libra Association itself. And, and I recognize that. I would just urge you, you know, to um, not use this for social engineering, but use it to, um, to meet the intent that we talked about of helping the unbanked and helping people with cross-border payments. I hope this, uh, that's the purpose and not just social engineering. I appreciate your time today. There are a lot of unanswered questions. I may uh, send some in writing. I do appreciate the innovation. I appreciate your time. And uh, I look forward to working with you as you work to make sure that you follow every law and regulation. Uh, I know it'll be a challenge because you'll be dealing with, you know, 200 company, or countries' regulations. Thank you so much. Thank you, Congressman. The gentleman from California, Mr. Sherman, is recognized for five minutes. Madam Chair, we need to get Mark Zuckerberg here. Uh, this is the biggest no. thing, or it tries Brad to be the Sherman. biggest thing. This committee will deal with this decade. And while we have one of his employees here, this is Zuckerberg's program. 
Now, we're told by some that innovation is always good. The most innovative thing that happened this century is when Osama bin Laden came up with the innovative idea of flying two airplanes into towers. Wow. That's the most consequential innovation, although this may do more what to endanger America buckhead. than even that. Excuse me. People call this the Libra. It's not the Libra. Nobody, when it, if it finally happens, nobody's going to call it Libra. They're going to call it a Zuckbuck. This is Zuckerberg's baby. Now, Mr. Marcus gave me two promises in our conversation yesterday, both of which he knows they won't comply with. First, he promises that all the know-your-customer and anti-money laundering is going to be adhered to. But that applies only to the Calibra wallet, and he hopes to have hundreds of other wallets created by others. Keep in mind, as to Bitcoin, 46% of the transactions, according to one academic study, are for drug dealers and other nefarious operations. You, uh, Hamas advertises they want Bitcoin contributions. Bitcoin however, has a problem. There's no off-ramp. There's no way to just go buy something with a Bitcoin. Uh, you can eventually with a, a Zuckbuck. And finally, the uh, white paper put out by Facebook says, the Libra protocol does not link accounts to real-world identity. A user is free to create multiple accounts by generating multiple key pairs. So this is a godsend to drug dealers and sanctions evaders and tax evaders. Zuckerberg has billions, but he doesn't have the authority to print more until he gets this. We saw we went from the U.S. dollar. We went from the U.S. dollar being linked to gold, and we only printed a number of dollars equal to the gold we had, on, uh, had to the dollar becoming valuable in and of itself, and now we can print how many dollars we print has nothing to do with how much gold we have in store. Uh, Mr. Marcus promised me that they would never do that, but then he testifies here that the Libra Association will make all the decisions and Facebook won't be in control. So, so much for those promises. America's power comes from the power of the dollar more, I think, than the power of our military. It lowers the interest rates in the United States by at least $1,000 a family. The seniorage has allowed the uh, uh, Fed to tr uh, transfer $100 billion in some years, often less, to the Treasury. Our sanctions in Iran, which I've worked on for over 20 years, are effective only because of the power of the dollar. And we are able to go after human traffickers, drug dealers, and tax evaders because of the power of the dollar. This guy's the worst. Literally We're told the worst. that they're going to solve two problems with this. They're not going to solve those problems. Cross-border transmission, let's do that in dollars. Or let's send uh, Quetzals to Guatemala. You've got a multi-billion dollar company, trillion dollar company. Help people make those transmissions at low fees, but what use dollars or use the local currency. And then we're told they're going to deal with the unbanked. If they wanted to help the unbanked, they wouldn't be using a cryptocurrency because cryptocurrencies are illegal in India, the place where they have more unbanked than anywhere else. They don't want to solve those problems. They want to solve two other problems. Problem number one, Zuckerberg can't print money yet. And problem uh, number two, Zuckerberg is under attack because he invades the privacy of ordinary Americans and sells it to the highest bidder. He needs to be an advocate for privacy. And so he is creating a device which will provide privacy to drug dealers, human traffickers, terrorists, tax evaders, and sanctions evaders. We need Zuckerberg here because 
we need to tell him that he probably has the power to push this through. He'll throw around tens and hundreds of millions of dollars in Washington. And you're going to be balding. His supporters will get huge zuck bucks in U.S. dollars. A hundred lawyers will tell him that what he's doing is legal and therefore he's safe. But someone with an understanding of the politics of this country needs to explain to Mr. Zuckerberg that if cryptocurrency is used to finance the next horrific terrorist attack against Americans, a hundred lawyers standing in a row charging $2,000 an hour are not going to protect his rear end from the, from the wrath of the American people. This is an attempt to transfer enormous power from America to Facebook and a number of its allies. I'm surprised we need Zuckerberg here. Did you get anything? What the hell was that, Brad Sherman? The gentleman from Kentucky, Mr. Barr, is recognized the biggest for five clown. minutes. Uh, thank you, Madam Chairwoman. I think uh, given the commentary we've heard in this committee hearing today and some of the uh, very pointed questions directed your way, Mr. Marcus. I think we are discovering why uh, a decision has been made to locate in Switzerland as opposed to the United States. Uh, having said that, I do want to address some of the concerns that have been raised uh, uh, today and ask you about them. I think there are some legitimate questions that we can ask, but it, but it does seem like in Washington, whenever the private sector produces some kind of innovation or new discovery or new advancement, politicians and bureaucrats uh, rush to criticize and regulate. And there's always a presumption uh, that uh, the private sector uh, innovating is a bad thing. Uh, I think the presumption should be totally reversed. I think we should presume that innovation is good. It pr pr presents enormous opportunity for financial inclusion, reducing friction in transactions, the opportunities that are created by this innovation is uh, laudable. It's to be commended. Um, that's not to say we shouldn't ask questions, uh, but the presumption in this hearing room today seems to be in the wrong place. Um, uh, let, me, let me ask you about the, the, the possibilities, the opportunities that this presents, um, particularly with respect to financial inclusion. Um, what percentage of users on Facebook are underbanked or unbanked in the United States, Mr. Marcus? Uh, Congressman, I don't have the answer for Facebook specifically, but I know that uh, uh, over 8 million households in the U.S. Uh, are... Why don't you know how many Facebook, uh, you know, the, Facebook is often criticized for invading the privacy of Americans. Why doesn't Facebook know approximately how many of its uh, uh, 2.6 billion users are unbanked or underbanked? Because there's no way for us to know that information. Okay. Um, um, do you have any idea how many users of Facebook live in rural America or uh, so-called bank deserts? Uh, I don't have the exact uh, number, Congressman, but we can, uh, I, I can find out and follow up with your office. Well, I mean, if you, if you know or don't know, uh, you know, we, uh, that's, uh, we'd like to know that. Um, how, how will Libra and Project Libra promote greater financial inclusion in the United States? Uh, Congressman, uh, we believe that uh, having the ability to uh, access digital money where you can safeguard uh, the value that uh, you want to safeguard, but more importantly, transact uh, with the people that you want to transact for free, uh, simply with a just a $40 uh, smartphone and a basic data plan is something that would uh, enhance the ability for people, uh, even here in the U.S., despite the fact that 
we believe this is not the, the, going to be the main uh, market for Libra. Uh, it will solve problems for lots of people uh, here in the US, notably the very people who are unbanked today and send money abroad home, uh, which makes for the bulk of the income of their families back at home. Well, uh, I won't ask a question, but I will um, just jump on to the point that, that Mr. Duffy was making earlier. Uh, I think that the opportunity for financial inclusion with Project Libra is enormous and very positive. I, I, I share Mr. Duffy's concern about uh, the, what that inclusion actually means, and to the extent that Facebook and other social media uh, enterprises have been criticized for political bias, I think that's important uh, to earn the credibility of the American people that, uh, that, uh, that, that this platform, this financial platform, uh, be viewed um, and earn the confidence as a neutral player uh, so that the adoption uh, uh, can uh, serve all and, and really serve that ultimate purpose of financial inclusion. Final question, and, and this is, um, relates to the uh, testimony that you've delivered that, uh, that this project will not compete with central banks or interfere with monetary policy. We've heard from the chairman of the Fed, uh, Jay Powell, recently that whereas Bitcoin or other digital currency um, endeavors really do not present a challenge for central banks, that this could, because uh, of Facebook's uh, 2.7, 2.8 uh, billion uh, users and the 1.6 billion daily users, that it does have the potential for widespread adoption, adoption big enough to potentially displace the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency and, and, and therefore interfere with central banking um, uh, tools, uh, interfere with a monetary policy. Tell me how Libra will not undermine sovereign currencies and the power of central banks, or is the point, is the very point to undermine central bankers and to uh, provide a greater freedom uh, away from central banking? Uh, Congressman, uh, I want to be very clear. We do not want to compete with the dollar or with sovereign currencies. This is why they make the reserve. Uh, and even in our wildest dreams, uh, never will we come anywhere close from the size of any of the currencies that uh, you mentioned. But we will make sure to work with the Fed, with the Financial Stability Board, and with the G7 Working Group internationally to ensure that the proper controls and The gentleman's are... time has expired. Thank you. The gentleman from Illinois, Mr. Foster, is recognized for five minutes. Thank you, Madam Chair. And I'd like to also thank you for over here. Uh, you know, as the, um, I guess, the co-chair of the Congressional Blockchain Caucus, as well as perhaps uh, the only blockchain programmer and AI programmer in the U.S. Congress, I, I want to thank you for having uh, rather detailed individual briefings with me on this. And uh, there are a couple of things I was promised during those briefings that I've, my staff tells me have not yet been delivered. One of them is when we got into a detailed discussion of how you would prevent this from being used for ransomware. I was promised that there would be an answer. Um, are you prepared to give that answer yet? Um, if not, I'd like to drill down into just how anonymous uh, these transactions in Libra um, actually would be. Uh, Congressman, uh, ransomware is a really important issue. Uh, and the way we're thinking about it, uh, as far as the Calibra wallet is concerned. No, I'm interested in Libra, all right? Libra, which is, as I understand it, an anonymous bearer instrument. Is uh, that correct? Congressman, it, it is not uh, anonymous. Is self-custody self allowed in Libra? Uh, Congressman, uh, yes, within limits. And as a result, 
we believe that uh, especially in countries uh, like the U.S. And, and others, you will have uh, all the wallets that will have... I'm, I'm not worried about wallets. I'm worried about abuse of self-custody. You know, if I own the cryptographic code for a piece of Libra, do I own that Libra full stop or not? Uh, yes, full stop. Yes, you do. Okay, now if I go on the dark web and start offering to trade that, do you have any technical way of stopping me for doing that anonymously? Uh, Congressman, yes, because there are on and Ooh. off ramps, and all of the on and off ramps are properly KYC'd. All of them? Uh, yes, that uh, will be... So uh, that once a, a large course. fraction of Libra would be transferred into self-custody, and then the, there starts to be a significant flow among the self-custody entities out on the dark web or other places. Um, how do you prevent that from actually... Um, you know, allowing things like ransomware. Uh, Congressman, again, a very important problem, and the way that we're tracking, uh, the way that the, the association will enable uh, tools uh, so that law enforcement uh, and the different wallets can understand uh, where the movements are happening to prevent those issues is going to be one of the ways that we will address this. Uh, the other way that we will address... So just right, we're going to have to be absolutely dependent on the fact that every single wallet is in a regulatory regime that we trust. Is that uh, right? So if there's one wallet out in some, you know, some set of want, islands or something protocol like this... For, he wants freezes at the protocol us, layer. Um, you know, are we just out of luck sense. there and that all of the illicit transactions will flow through there? Uh, no, Congressman, because uh, if uh, you're a U.S. resident and you want to use a wallet, the wallet offering services in the U.S. will need to be properly regulated in the U.S. All right, we have to have an ongoing discussion. I'd like to also mention uh, cybersecurity. One of the main jobs of FSOC is to oversee cybersecurity and systemically important firms. Now, you've seen fit uh, to make a new programming language for here, and I spent a little while looking over that. You know, there's some creative stuff in it. Some of it's uh, pretty much copying other, you know, things that have been done before. Some of it's brand new. But even if it was, uh, had zero creativity in it, uh, there would still be a problem that one wrong line of code could generate a hole that could crash <laughs> the entire Libra ecosystem, uh. right? And so the governance of that, um, of that language and every, all the infrastructure, I understand it was my reading, you're going to be distributing uh, runtime executables and things like that as well. And so that all of that has to be bulletproof cybersecurity. And I was wondering how you're going to deal with the governance of that. Uh, Congressman, two ways. Uh, first, we agree with you uh, that uh, this is of uh, absolute uh, importance. Uh, and the way we're dealing with that is that the, the move language that uh, you're referencing uh, will uh, have formal verification in place to avoid issues. Yeah, that to the extent they, that there are no compiler bugs. Uh, yes, but the compiler, the, <laughs> we, the, the compiler will not execute the code uh, if uh, the, the code is not formally uh, verified. And we have, uh, uh, we have the, the chance of having David Dill, uh, who uh, is a, a professor from Stanford in formal verification, helping us with this issue. The other thing that I want to say is that the association will uh, have guidelines on what uh, third-party uh, code can be published or not. Uh, and at, at, the, the, uh, at the very early stages, it will be very limited with, to a set of templates that will avoid the issues that you're raising. All right, but it will be an ongoing target because if Libra is taken to scale, it will be an enormously fat target for cyber attacks, intrusion, insertion of insider threats, and so on. And so this is something that, you know, is in, you know, in terms of overall financial stability, probably as crucial as anything else. Right, thank you, yield back.
The witness has requested a 10-minute break. The committee stands in recess. Hey, oh. Uh, well, so now that they're having a 10 minute break, we can talk a little bit about what's been happening. Um, it, first of all, shout out to, I was about to say, shout out to David Marcus for going through this entire process so far and, uh, not having to go to the bathroom. Cause if I was getting grilled for two hours, I definitely would have had a pee. So I think that's something, you know, it's pretty commendable that, um, pretty commendable that he was able to do that. I mean, that was a whole mixed bag. You have, to be honest, to me, it seems like the Republicans on one side of the House were trying to say, basically, we want to foster innovation and we think that we shouldn't kick technology out of the U.S. because we're scared of it. And then on the other side of the House, you had Democrats basically saying, uh, you know, Facebook is the worst company to ever happen to the United States and that. You need to commit to us that you are not going to do anything before you get completely authorized through us. Um, both sides were pretty aggressive about just Facebook in general, which is certainly understandable. But I, I've seen kind of two different sides of, of the... I've seen two different sides of things. Uh, Mike Glitch. Oh, shit. Hold on. Let me fix that. Son of a bitch. Give me a sec. Hey, hopefully you guys can hear me a little bit better now. Um, let me know if it's still glitching. Apologies on that. Uh, so that should hopefully... Audio fine. I am being censored by Congress. No, I'm kidding. Still glitchy. Um, let me know if it's still glitchy. If not, then we're we're screwed. I think it's to be honest. I think. 